We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Alex Hurst here with a really quick message before we get underway with the lads and special guest Luke Edwards about the nineteen twenty season. Um we have a brand new issue of True Faith Fanzine out. We've been hit relatively hard by the pandemic because our in store sales have plummeted because the shops have been closed and there's no one out and all of that. Uh if you could do us a massive favour and purchase one online, that would be a massive help and help us keep it alive. Brilliant cover this time from Budapest sixty nine who does all of our artwork, um taking a piss out of the ridiculous state of affairs surrounding the takeover. Written by Newcastle United fans, for Newcastle United fans. It's two pound fifty plus postage for a hard copy. We will post it to you anywhere in the world that the Royal Mail will let us. And we also do digital copies well, email you a, a copy across for just one pound fifty. So if you like Newcastle United, if you like True Faith, this is perfect for you. Please buy it. Speak to you soon. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. It's the end of the season and you've got Alex Hurst, Simon Campbell, Mark Corby and special guest Luke Edwards from the Daily Telegraph to talk about Newcastle United and the season that was. Luke joined us after the uh, the Arsenal game, which seems like an incredibly long time ago. It was, in fact, an incredibly long time ago, back in August 2019. We're going to talk through what's gone right, what's gone wrong and where Newcastle United and particularly Steve Bruce, the manager, go from here. So, Luke, first of all, most important question, how are you doing? How have the last, I don't know, 11 months been for you, mate? Uh, like I've been running repeatedly in a brick wall with my head. Um, no, it's been it's been challenging in its, in its own way this season, but probably no more challenging than ever. I've taken a bit more stick on social media, perhaps, than I'm used to in the last few seasons under Rafa, but that's all fine. I don't mind that. Um yeah, it's just been it's just been another mediocre season, isn't it? And I think um, I use that word in in the general general sense. Um, I actually think the the team have done okay. I think the manager's done okay, um, as I'm sure we're going to discuss later um, or as this goes on. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just been it's just been hard work. Isn't it? I think just, I think that's how I've described the season as hard work. From the moment I was. I was doing the Women's World Cup in France when Rafa left, I think, so even before that. So you're going to watch July. It's 12 months, basically, of, of it had been pretty hard work covering Newcastle. Difficult to like, difficult to enjoy. Um, and yeah, I've taken a bit more stick than usual, but look, we can talk about that later. That's absolutely fine. When we uh, when we did the show post-Arsenal, you were 
very clear about the way you thought things were going to go. You said that staying in the Premier League would be a massive achievement. You also said, I'm going to quote you word for word here, mm. um, this season is depressing. I'll say it now, it will be a depressing season. Do you think you've been proved right? Yes. Yes, I have. I'm, um, I think we all feared, and I keep saying this every time I do a podcast, every time I spoke to a fanzine, I say it on Twitter, I think we all feared when Rafa left. Rafa was the we believed at the time was that was the was the best thing about that football club. He was the reason that Newcastle was staying in the Premier League, and we were, we had this narrative that the players were hopeless and the manager was brilliant, and that was a narrative that Rafa very carefully nurtured. And I think I put in print the other day. He took all the credit for the victories and escaped all the blame for the defeats. So we'd all sort of bought into that idea. And when Rafa went five weeks before the start of the season, and he could have easily said he was leaving long before then, by the way, which is one of the things that angered me about the way he left. Um, it, I, and Steve Bruce came in and I think you know I, I, I advised Steve Bruce not to take the job I think Alan Shearer advised him not to take the job I knew what he was talking into uh, the club was so toxic the whole if Rafa goes we go movement was and I understood that movement um, was up and running and, and was kicking in and nobody wanted him as manager I can understand why nobody wanted him as manager as well he was manager of Sheffield Wednesday in the championship and had just been sacked by Aston Villa in the championship Newcastle fans think their their club deserves a better manager than that. But all I said at the time was give him a chance. And I think I've been vindicated in saying that um, because he has been given a chance by the vast majority of match-going supporters. Um, And Newcastle have had a season that I would say is comparable to the previous two in the Premier League. And I will argue with anyone all day, every day about that. Nothing was great under Rafa. He did a good job. Um, Steve Bruce has done a good job. Um, and it's yeah, it has been a depressing season because this was the best we were going to get this season, and I think we all knew that last summer. Um, we didn't know how bad Joel Linton was going to be. Again, we can talk about that in a bit, but that, that's the kind of unknown. They spent forty million pounds on a striker who can't score goals. So yeah, it has been depressing. It's been hard work. I tell you what's really up, not upsets me, but I, I find that depressing is the amount of bickering there is between Newcastle fans now. The amount of arguments there are on social media. You know, the arguments I'm having with people over and over and over again, the arguments I'm having in the press box over and over again with certain journalists. And it, I just think we, we spent all season arguing amongst ourselves. There's only one man really ultimately responsible for all of that. And that is Mike Ashley. And, you know, he, he has divided the fan base. Um, Steve Bruce has defi- divided the fan base. And it, it just doesn't feel like a very united football club and, and hasn't all season. And I think that's, that's probably been the hardest thing about the whole year for all of us, I would guess. Mark, I'll come to you first. Um, what do you make of what Luke's just said there? Just fill everyone in. You know, me and Mark, both season ticket holders. Uh, Mark, you've been very sceptical from the start about Steve Bruce and about the team. Sai gave up a season ticket uh, when it was announced that Rafa was leaving. Uh, I believe you've been to a couple of games on freebies this year, Sai, but I don't think you've paid for a ticket. So, so Mark, just in terms of everything that Luke said, there is, you know, how, would would you agree with him? Is there anything you want to pick him up on? No, I, I think it's a general fair assessment of the season. I think um, I, I am one of the people Luke Cars had bickers with on on Twitter, <laughs> and it, it did get to a point around about February March where you know it was it was getting a little bit unhealthy, shall we say, and it was getting to the point where I thought the only way you can sort of accept what people are telling you is by just taking a back seat and actually you know looking, looking at the bigger picture now last last summer when uh, Benitez left um or wasn't kept on whatever whatever narrative you want to use I was devastated 
absolutely devastated. The, re- the reason I was devastated is because it wasn't just about the football. It was about the man. It was about what he what he brought to the whole club, the community. And, you, you know, no one needs me to remind people what he was like as a man. Now, we don't know everything behind the scenes. L- Luke will probably know a hell of a lot more than I ever will. But as a football supporter, sometimes you don't need to know about these things. And, you know, I've been, I've been attending since 1988. Um, as a rule, I've, all I've known is, apart from probably about six to eight seasons, it's, it's mainly been pretty, pretty average, if not pretty poor. Um, but I think a lot of supporters really hung the hat on Rafa Benitez, rightly or wrongly. And I think it was just the sort of the last sort of chance saloon for the club under Mike Ashley. And unfortunately for Steve Bruce, when he was appointed, it was so underwhelming. It was possibly the most underwhelming appointment since we, uh, you know, sacked Sir Bobby Robson and brought in uh, Graham Sooners. It was just, where do you go from there? It was just a massive kick in the face because, let's be honest, the, 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 there was a good feeling about the players. Despite the constant battles between uh, Benitez and, and, and Mike Ashley or Lee Charlie. And I don't know, I, I just, I suppose when you go into a season so underwhelmed, you're not really looking forward to anything. There was a, there was a lot of sort of, um, as Luke alluded to before, a lot of arguments from, from day one. But in all honesty, it was like that under Benitez as well on, on the likes of Twitter. Um, even in the ground, a lot, a lot of supporters didn't take the Benitez's style. Mm. Um, and everyone's entitled to, to their opinion. But to sort of conclude on how I feel about the whole season, t- two, two things really. I don't know why I put myself through it. And ultimately, I'm just bloody pleased it's all over because, in my opinion, it was just a little bit, well, a little bit rubbish, shall we say. And we can cherry pick the reasons why that, that, that was rubbish. But ultimately, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. What I've watched since Steve Bruce has come in and how I feel about the way he's taken the club forward, I'd, I'm just not buying into it. Yeah, fair comment, Sai. Si. Same question to you, and then we'll bring uh, Luke back into it. Sai, just to be clear, you said that Newcastle wouldn't win a game this season, pre-season. <laughs> have you been, you've obviously been proved wrong, but uh, how wrong have you been proved? Um, I'm not wrong. Um yeah, Mark, you're not buying into it because there's nothing to buy into. It, it's that's pretty much it. Nothing has really changed for Newcastle United in about 14 months, and I'm not saying that that's because of Steve Bruce. I'm just saying that from the moment, probably from before the Fulham game, you know, the, the Fulham game was nice when we won four nil, but I think at that point we already knew the writing was on the wall, and we knew that the previous manager wasn't going to stay, and that the club was just going to revert to type again. And yes, I would agree with Luke's assessment that this season is pretty much type for Newcastle under Ashley. Um, and you know, Bruce is a, the kind of manager we we will always have under under Ashley. But I totally agree that nothing's really changed in forty months. We're in absolute limbo again. There's nothing to get excited to. There's nothing to buy into going into what's only going to be a six week summer ahead of a new season. So um, I feel utterly disillusioned. Probably more so now than when I gave up my ticket last summer because there is no end in sight of this kind of this weird non football club. Luke, do you think that that being Newcastle United manager has had an impact on Steve Bruce? And the reason I ask that question is he comes into the football club and, and to his credit, he says a lot of the right things. He talks about progress. He talks about more goals. 
better football. And I think you know every fan uh, listening to that, everyone could agree that Newcastle United were a team that didn't score many goals under Rafa in the Premier League. Were a team that were good defensively, but we didn't play good football. And 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 Steve Bruce talked a lot about moving the club forward. That was his job. That's what he wanted to do. Fast forward. However many months he's talking about reality checks, he's talking about taking forty-four points before the season started. Do you, do you think that he is, or he possibly didn't appreciate the kind of the, the size of the task at hand in terms of what he was walking into, despite all of the advice the likes of yourself and Alan Shearer and Anton Deck or whoever were telling him? Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I'd like to say is it's very interesting talking about like, the the uh, the emotion that both Simon and and Mark spoke with there, and um, I, I guess I look at. And you know I'm not a Newcastle fan. Everybody knows I'm not. Um, you know I've lived up here for 20... Well, Alex certainly does. I've lived up here 20 years. I'm married to a Geordie. My two kids are Geordies. But I'm not a Newcastle fan. So it's very interesting when you actually have a conversation with fans and don't and don't resort to talking in 140 characters, calling me a see you next Tuesday uh, on Twitter. And I, I had a conversation with a Newcastle fan in my local pub on, on Saturday night. Is it exactly the same thing? It's just... When you actually talk to somebody and you listen to both sides of the story, you get a better idea of where people are coming from. And I, I actually understand just listening to the emotion in, in both their voices there and the words they use. And I completely understand that and have a lot of sympathy for that because the problem at Newcastle United predates Steve Bruce. It predates uh, uh, Rafa Benitez. And what Rafa Benitez did was he tried to change the club and he tried to change Mike Ashley's Newcastle United and ultimately failed. And we don't need to go into the details. Rafa wasn't a saint. Um, I wasn't happy the way he left. But, you know, I also respect his decision to leave. He tried to change Newcastle. He was the only manager since Keegan who came in and tried to make Newcastle better than they had been under Mike Ashley. But to go back to, to Steve Bruce, I don't know what people thought this season was going to be, really. And that's what I said in August, was that they'd lost the manager. The, the supposed one good thing about the football club, the reason why they were you know, avoided relegation. The only reason they did that was the man who talked about it being a miracle if he kept them up. So when a manager takes over three weeks before the first game of the season, no matter who he is, take Steve Bruce's name out of it, whoever it's could have been Mikel Arteta. That was that was Newcastle's first choice. Mikel Arteta ran a mile, he looked at it and thought, I'm not going to try and I'm not going to try and replace Rafa Benitez at Newcastle. Um, and so did Patrick Vieira. I'm not, no way are you going to get me to go and try and replace Rafa Benitez at Newcastle. But in tellingly, it was replacing Rafa, not working for Mike Ashley that put them off, or so I'm told. So Steve Bruce took the job and nobody else would. We have to remember that. He took the job because he's a Newcastle United fan. Uh, he wanted to come back. He thought when he had the Sunderland job that he was going to stay in the North East for the rest of his life. It didn't work out for whatever reason. He only took this job because he's a Newcastle United fan. And people keep telling me it's not the job he has always wanted. With all due respect to those people, I've known Steve Bruce for a long, long time. And I've known this was always the job he wanted. He was desperate for it when Steve McLaren got it. Um, you, you know, and he was desperate for it when John Carver got it. He, he's been in for it a num- numerous times before. He got the job by default. We all know that, don't we? We all know he got the job because Rafa left five weeks before the season. They didn't have a manager lined up. They were completely outmaneuvered by Rafa in that PR game. Uh, where they just let he just let his contract run down, let his contract run down, and then the club couldn't even couldn't even get themselves out there to sort out a shortlist. Complete mismanagement of the situation from those guys. But look, Steve Bruce came in. He talked about front foot football. I think he gave up on that after the um, after the Leicester five nil game, um, and then he just realised he had to make the best out of it. And look, it was pra- it's been pragmatic. That's all it's been. He's he he's ha- he's worked out a system 
that they managed to scrape together enough points before Christmas. He changed it, didn't he, going back to the flat-back four, and I thought they got better. He hasn't delivered on those things of front-foot football. We haven't enjoyed watching the football. But if you actually were to talk to him, he would admit that. And he would talk to you quite honestly about that. They haven't played well. They have, you know, they don't score enough goals. There haven't been enough of attacking threat. But you tell me in that team, and again, I'll play devil's advocate all day long. They signed Andy Carroll, who can't move, and he can only he can only play for twenty minutes. And they signed Joel Linton. Now, Steve Bruce said, "Look, we can sit there and say Steve Bruce. Well, Steve Bruce didn't sign Joel Linton. Of course, he didn't. He had nothing to do with it. It was a deal set up in February last year." When Rafa Benitez was still manager, we know the background to that. So his strikers this season were Mutu, not good enough. We know that. Terrible, terrible signing by Benitez Mutu. Um, Joel Linton, 40 million quid, not good enough. A crock Andy Carroll and Dwight Gale, who hasn't been fit until we returned from lockdown. So they haven't even had a decent centre forward. So you're not going to score a lot of goals. But I just think we have to, my, where, I get, where I get sort of animated about it is, Steve Bruce has had to be pragmatic to keep Newcastle in the Premier League. And we all thought Newcastle could go down in August. We all did. And he's kept them up. And I know that's nothing to be... I know that's nothing to celebrate. He's never said it is anything to celebrate. And then what we've got the situation now is that every quote he says... And I saw it happen in the final few years under Pardew and it happened under McLaren. Look, you know, Alex, that I was no fan of Alan Pardew. Um, But everything he says is now twisted and sort of goes into this oh, well, you said front foot football. You said we're going to score more goals. You said this. And, you know, he's, he's okay, he says things, but, but in pragmatically wise, he, he's delivered what he needed to do this season, which is 30. They were safe before we went into lockdown. They would have been safe with 35 points. So they've, they've got what they need to do. Now, the big challenge is forget this season now, because we can talk about this season over and over again about how awful it's been. And I'd agree with you. I'd agree with, I'd agree with Simon and both Mark. It's been pretty uninspiring. It's pretty uninspiring finishing. I hated football behind closed doors. Um, what Steve Bruce now has to prove he can do is can he go and have that meeting with Mike Ashley on Wednesday and get what no other manager has been able to do since he since, since Mike Ashley has been owner and get more money than Mike Ashley is willing to spend and say to him, we need four or four, three or four players. I need that £70 million transfer budget that I had, that I thought I had in January, or we're going to stagnate. Now, Steve Bruce, can he do that to Mike Ashley? I don't know if he can do that to Mike Ashley, but we can't go through another season like this. The team isn't good enough. The squad is probably a bottom half of the Premier League squad all day, every day, particularly up front without a goal scorer. Um, And the idea that Steve Bruce was going to come in and build on what Rafa had left him with three weeks to go and no signings last summer. I mean, that's just, it's just fanciful thinking. No manager would have been able to do that, regardless of whether it was Steve Bruce. You can't come in with three weeks and build a new look team when you've had nothing to do with any of the players that have been signed. So this season, he's just got through this season. It's been a season of pragmatism. It's been a season when he's used that brute, that Benitez analogy about the short blanket, where, you know, if you, if you leave yourself more, you know, if you attack more, you leave yourself exposed at the back. He's, he's, he's adopted all of those same sort of ideas about talking in slightly such philosophical, colourful terms. And he's found a way to get Newcastle saved. That isn't good enough. That isn't good enough for any of us. We know that. But that is good enough within the context of this season. The challenge is, can he really turn them into a top 10 team next season? If they don't back him in this transfer window, if he doesn't get money to spend on three or four quality players, which... I would suggest you're going to be pushed to buy three or four quality players with 70 million, let alone 30 million. 
Newcastle will be back here again next season. We'll be having the same arguments. Fans will blame Steve Bruce for it because he's the manager and they didn't want him. So it'll be Steve Bruce's fault. And, you know, if they don't have new owners, Mike Ashley will still be the owner. And if they get rid of Steve Bruce, who are they, who are they realistically going to bring in? Who will they bring in who, will, who is going to do a better job? It'll be the same problem. We always go back to Mike Ashley. It's the same problem for whoever manager is there. But I think the big test, just to, just to finish, is that can Steve Bruce get something out of Mike Ashley that no other manager has been able to get? And that is extra money to spend in this transfer window. Because without it, they're a bottom half of the, they're a bottom half of the Premier League team. Mark? Yeah, I'm just going to jump in there. I mean, you know, for me, the, the, the big question is, what was Steve Bruce's remit when he, when he got the job? What, he, he made it clear to us that he wanted to take the club forward. Now, statistically speaking, as we sit here today with the season's gone, he hasn't. We've finished on less points, scored less goals, conceded more. And we've got a, you know, let, let's be honest here, we've won four in the last 20 games. It's relegation form. So mm-hmm. as well as he had done up to sort of the first couple of games um, after, the, after the lockdown, I still sit here today, not don't have a clue what his best tactics are. I haven't got a clue what his strongest lineup is. Um, and also, you, met, you Luke mentioned there regarding um, you know meeting up with Mike Ashley on Wednesday. Steve Bruce could have won a hell of a lot of supporters over in January if he made it one hundred percent certain that he was going to get that striker, which he made clear to everyone who was listening that he didn't have. And that was the frustrating part because we end up bringing in a left back who was basically on the way down his career. We've brought in a, a centre midfielder who was nowhere near as good enough as who we've already got, but he's continuing to get played. And we've brought in someone who primarily is a, a wing back, I assume, but but net hardly got any game time. So judging Steve Bruce, um, Luke was writing what he said last summer, give him a chance. But the flip side of that is people have got it earn that chance they've got to earn that respect and I think part of the problem I've had with um, Luke on Twitter over the over the last year or so is the fact that sometimes Luke's told me that I should be respecting Steve Bruce I should be thanking Steve Bruce etc etc and that's fine that, that that's Luke's opinion but ultimately from what I've seen um, it's pretty much the same as what we went through under under Pardew under John Carver Steve McLaren to a certain extent before his last transfer uh, window when he, you know, he bought in Townsend, etc. and Shelby. But I still look at Steve Bruce and I want the man to prove me wrong, not just by getting more points than Rafa Benitez. I want him to prove me wrong by turning around and so saying, this is my project. This is what I'm working towards. This is why I'm the right man for the job. This is what I'm going to be speaking to uh, my, Ashley about. And to be honest, I would look at me on numerous occasions. If he keeps us up and the takeover happens and he isn't kept on, we are in a position now to say, thank you, Steve Bruce, you've kept us up. But if his remit was just to simply keep us up, then that, to me, is a blatant admission that we, we, we've accepted that Rafa Benitez was just a unique experience, you know, and Steve Bruce is reverting to type. And unfortunately for Steve Bruce, his history before he took the managerial job at Newcastle, meant that everyone was just so un- underwhelmed by it all. And as I say, for me, th- this last year, it's just been a waste. Losing Rafa Benitez, wasted opportunity. And when you, um, when you say you want to see progression from the... I, I agree with you. I think he does need to sign, show signs of progression. I just don't see necessarily what more he could have done this season. Those loan signings 
the plan was, and I'm, I'm speaking for him here, but I know this is the plan and all the media lads up here will say the same because he said it all to us off the record, not just me in cosy chats over hot chocolate or whatever, uh, whatever I'm accused of. Um, he said he wanted to keep the money for the summer, get through this season because it was, it was actually sensible what he was saying. They could assign Bowen. Now, I had an argument with Steve Bruce about not signing Bowen because I thought Bowen would be a good signing and I think he's done well for West Ham, hasn't he? I think he would have added something. But the problem, he said, was that it's 55 grand a week um, and it's whatever we went for. I can't remember what the fee was now. He said, I would rather keep that money because is Bowen going to get in the team ahead of Almiron or Alan St. Maximum? Uh, I think he probably would have done because they could have moved Almiron into the middle. And I think he'd have been a really good signing. So I disagree with him on that. But his plan was, I'll keep that pot, that money that I know is there. And then I will have between 70, whatever, I think it was 70 million I'll have in the summer. And I'd rather spend it in the summer because then I can bring in three or four quality players and grow the team. So what he did in the January was just bring in loan signings to get them through this season. And that's what I mean. That's when I said this season would be depressing in August. It was just about getting through this season. And look, I can't sit here and defend Steve Bruce if in November, December next year, Newcastle are fourth from bottom and they're still playing the same awful football because then he won't have progressed anything. But I just look at it with that wider context of this season arriving three weeks before the start of the season with a club that was utterly still, you know, was mourning the loss of its previous manager, with players who had played a certain way for the last three years, the core of the squad. And he got a 40 million dud in Joel Linton. So, look, it's he does need to show signs of progression. and But if he doesn't show signs, but that's what I mean, that's why I think this meeting is so important in the summer is, or to, this week, sorry, is can he get stuff out of Mike Ashley? But then to add to Steve Bruce's woes, he then heard in January there's going to be a takeover and Mauricio Pochettino and Rafa Benitez were going to replace him as manager. I mean, I know that only really kicked off in March, April, but it started in January. So he's also dealt with that. So, look, I think, you know, I think he, he's done an OK job. I'm saying it's a 6.5, 7, 7 out of 10 season. That would be my assessment of what Steve Bruce has done this job. But I only say that in the wider context, not what he's necessarily done on the pitch in terms of style of football attacking game, front foot football, as he was quoted as saying. He hasn't done that, but he's just found a way. It's been pragmatism. Let's see what he can do next season. And my, it sounds a bit cliche, but I, I would almost urge people to judge him really on next season when he's had a full pre-season and when he's you know, directed the, the recruitment this summer. Go on, go on, Si. Yeah, I mean, um, to, unfortunately for Bruce, he's not really going to get a proper pre-season, is he? Because we've got six weeks and we go again. Oh, well, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would say, I, I know what you're saying. Um, yes, all right. Uh, that, uh, after a certain point, it was just about trying to survive the season and then there'll be a bit of money in the bank. But do you not think that for the last 10 games or so, I mean, apart from the, the Sheffield United game and Bournemouth game, we've been awful. We've been awful. You don't want to end a season in that kind of form if, you, if you're planning to regress and, and get better. And yes, all right, see if you can judge him in, on, his, on the next season. But we're not going into it exactly... Um, looking like a team that's ready, you know, this time last year, or when the season actually ended, not because of pandemic, yeah. we'd we'd won like six out of the last 10 games, whereas we've won, what was it, um, four in 20, did you say, Mark? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not the form you want to take into a new season, and it's not going to give any Newcastle fan who wants the club to progress any confidence in the, the manager or the players that it's going to get any better. So again, like, it's really hard for me as, a, as someone who, we walked away last summer and I've got no incentive to to turn around and walk back at the minute. Um, not even a free ticket would do that to me at the moment. Um, I don't see what's there for us as um, supporters who've been here so many times before in what Bruce, nothing he has said 
before or after games in any press conference, nothing he says makes me think there's a plan here that he knows how to make us any better. It just feels to me like he's quite happy to have the job. He's really chuffed. He's kept us up and you do it again and again and again. And you know what? If he continues to keep us up, I will still be amazed and, and admit that I was wrong, but I won't be any happier. You there? I, I'm no, shocked. Sorry, I just I'm, I'm shocked because... Um, Cy and Mark were really keen to come on and speak to Luke about how much they hate Steve Bruce, and it's just been this constructive, lovely chat uh, <laughs> about how it's dead sound and that, and he's done all right. So I'll, I'll be I'll be negative for a minute, and, and Luke, I absolutely appreciate what you're saying um, about wider context, and I, I get that. But but you know, football matches matter, and 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 playing football and watching football and attending football matters. And you look at some of the performances this season. When it mattered, Sai just alluded to that. Newcastle, after they beat Bournemouth, were in a really, really positive position. They were on 42 points with, you know, that's some hard games to come, but they also had West Ham, Watford, um, Brighton, Brighton to come. Yeah. And, and that was what, a, what an opportunity that was for Steve Bruce to, to kick us into the long grass and, and, and totally get rid of conversations like this and be like, you know, 50 points, top 10. All this kind of stuff. You can't win every game, but it, it just it, whenever whenever Bruce has been presented with that golden opportunity this season, and I, and I go back to uh, once we beat Southampton, had that great week, um, were ninth, and we went to play Burnley, who were um, fucking disgraceful at the time. I know they've had a good season, um, but they were they'd lost like four in a row, and, and I went to that game and we played Andy Cole up front. It was an awful day, and it was just like it was like walking into Mordor. Um, you know the rain, the the greyness, the bleakness. It was proper burning. I just I, w- I stood in the the terrace at full time, thinking, what 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 was the plan today? What has Steve Bruce said to the lads? He, you know, the, the, there seems to be a real lack of detail in his management, or well, that's how it comes across. And and while all of you are right, and I'll say this season has been fine. In three years down the line, when we do the, you know, let's look back at the season. It's like yeah, it was it was shite, but it but it was fine. I just think it's a shame for him, for the manager and for his coaching staff that there was a real opportunity in a drab Premier League this season. The Premier League has been awful. Premier League where Sheffield United and Burnley finished in the top 10. Like, what an opportunity for him with a little bit more astute management, with a couple of tactical tweaks, with a little bit more of, you know, particularly once we'd beaten Bournemouth and, you know, we're always going to be safe on 42 points. We'd, we'd got past the the 40-point mark, not that 40 points you need to stay up anymore, but everyone still uses that. I just, I, I now fear more for next season because of what we've just witnessed in lockdown football, because of the last five, six performances. It's, it's four defeats in five. It's countless goals conceded. And from it's almost from the, the jaws of progress, Bruce has managed to, to would, snatch regression and yeah. doubt. And I, that's what frustrates me, Luke. I would, and I, I can completely understand that. Completely. They, they have missed an opportunity to, to kick on, certainly when they got safe. I completely get that. Um, but I would also, again, and I, I will take that step back and look at the slightly wider context. We've had a takeover going on in the background where most of these players didn't even know, certainly when they returned, whether they would even still be here next season. They didn't know if he was still going to be manager. They'd spent all lockdown being told he wasn't going to be manager. His authority was eroded massively during lockdown because of that, because I know how players think. And I know the coaching staff internally were worried that there'll be a drop-off when they came back because players, if they don't think the manager's going to be there next season, they lose respect for him. It happened with Bobby Robson, you know, all those years ago when Freddie Shepard said, this will be Bobby's last season. He was gone four games into that season. So 
yes, that it has been a disappointing end to the season. It has been. A dis- I'm not going to sit there and say it hasn't been, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I share that it's this whole doom and gloom because they've finished this season with a bit of a damp fucking sizzle out. I don't I don't really necessarily buy into that. It certainly increases the pressure at the start of next season because there is only this six week turnaround. But it was largely meaningless. I mean, Newcastle are rubbish. I mean I do have to just I will go back to what Rafa said. That squad is pretty rubbish. It's pretty it's pretty ordinary. He's got more out of Shelby this season than I've seen any manager do. Um but we still got the same central midfield partnership of John Joe Shelby and Isaac Hayden, who were the central midfield partnership on and off. Well, couldn't you? Hayden couldn't even get in the team in the championship because Diarmé was there. So we've added Almiron of the signings they've made. Almiron's added something, and St Maximum's added something. But since you know, it's basically still the same ordinary squad. So look, Burnley are ordinary. Yes, they could have finished in the top ten with a good run at the end of the season. Would it really have mattered? Would it have changed anything they needed to do this summer? Or would they have exactly the same season next season? No. They've got to recruit well. They've got to add that sort of sprinkling of quality in key positions. And they need a proper centre-forward. They've gone through this entire season without a fit and goal-scoring striker. They have, they, and to, do, to, to be safe with you know, however many games to go the season's left, I don't care what anyone says, that's an achievement in itself, particularly when you deal without a striker. None of those problems went away in those last five games. Disappointing into the season. But that's it. That's all it was. And I, I don't think I'll have that much bearing if he can recruit well in the summer. Sorry? I just... Uh, look, I'd really like you to give me any piece of evidence that the club is is in anything other than a downward direction at the moment. Like, I'm just not seeing it at all. Um, none of the players have improved. There's no... This time... John Joe Shelby. Has he improved, though? Has he... Has he, has he He's pretty much the same John Joe Shelby that scored five in a season for um, for Swansea about six years ago, and and he's at what should be the peak of his career now. Should he not be better? He's just kind of he's the same John Joe Shelby he's been for about ten years now. He's inconsistent. He has the odd good game, but he's not really yeah. any better, in my opinion. He's better under Bruce than he was under Rafa. He didn't play under Rafa though, Luke. Well, exactly. We got dropped by Rafa, so, so, and there was yeah. a reason for that, wasn't there? This is the <laughs> who, who would who would you have in who would you have in ahead of him then in the current squad of John Joe Shelby in centre midfield? That's not really the point, is it? I, th- I think the, well, the point. Are, yeah, it is a point. I'm saying he's played. I think. Hang on, Luke. I think. I think what Simon's saying is we could list probably a full team of players who went backwards under Bruce. You're picking one player who's improved. Who? Manquillo's got better under Bruce. He's That's been good. rubbish the last six or seven games. The last six games, had a better season he ever had under Rafa. That's two. I'm do- I've <laughs> got was... two nil. I've got two nil. Who's gone backwards under Rafa? Hang on. Under we've, got, we've got Shaw. We've got Lascelles. We've got Dummett. We've got Yedlin. Sells hasn't got... gone backwards. Who hasn't, sorry? What sells? He hasn't well, gone backwards. I, I don't know about that, than any, than any season he's been in the club. Mm, very, very forward. debatable. Very uh, debatable. I'd say Lascelles is on my team. That's 3-1 to you. You've got Shah. Who wow. hasn't gone backwards? This, this is the problem. This is I the don't problem. See how you... you know, sorry. As, as football supporters who watch every game, yeah. we, we've got an opinion. Now, yeah. with all due respect, you can't tell me what I'm watching. And I'm telling you that the majority of the players this season have went backwards. Kieran Clark, 4-1 to me. He's got better. Yeah, see, it's pointless even Sean, Sean, Sean Longstaff's got, got much backwards. worse. 4-2. Yeah, give you Sean Longstaff. Yedlin, 4-3. I don't, yeah. know, I don't, Luke. I don't know how you can say that any of these defenders have improved. We've conceded ten more goals this season than we did last year. Like, how can you say any of the, that our defense has got better? Have you seen the defense in the last five games when they've had no centre back? 
What about the full <laughs> season? <laughs> There's another example of um, our, our previous manager who was very, very down with uh, sports science, and our current manager has the highest injury record in the league. Well, but we're yeah. not allowed to be frustrated at that and, and see that there must be some some reason. Courts are allowed to be frustrated. We're having a, we're having a debate. Oh, you wanted to so you kept saying that every player had gone backwards. I've named you four players that, in my opinion, not necessarily your opinion, because you also watch the game. I said they've improved. We're currently at four three. I've got four players who improved and three have gone backwards. They also lost, which none of you want to talk about, and nobody ever does in this debate. Also lost Perez and Rondon from the team last season who scored two thirds of the goals. Fact. Fact. So, you know, it's like I'm to sound like Rafa there, didn't I? With my facts out. But look, you all have opinions, that's fine. You think the club's going backwards. I think it's I think it's I think the team's pretty much exactly the same as it was this season, it was last season under Rafa. I think it's been a comparable season in pretty much, you're going to say statistically, it's not been, they finished 13th. They were safer earlier this season. They spent less time in the bottom three this season than they did last season. But we're going through on the whole Rafa-Bruce comparison thing, which I don't think any of us really want to do. It's been the same season it was the previous two years. The challenge now is what can he do next season? You have but, no but look, my, my question to you, sorry for interrupting. My That's question right, to you is, based on what we've seen, based on your chats with Steve Bruce, how can you encourage Newcastle supporters to buy into what Steve Bruce is doing? Because at the minute, none of us can see it. We, and, and just bear this in mind: you, you, you've mentioned um, you've mentioned match match attending um, supporters. Yeah. I think Steve Bruce has been extremely fortunate that a lot of these games have been played behind closed doors. Because trust me, ha- having been attending the games for thirty-two years, the fans have lost patience for a lot less. And the last couple of games at home have been pretty poor against teams lower than us in the, in the league. And collectively, looking at this season only, I don't care about Rafa Benitez. I don't want to talk about Rafa Benitez. What, 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 what I do want to talk about is what I'm seeing, and people like you, who look at it totally different to me, how can you how can you encourage me to buy into Steve Bruce when I'm not I'm not looking at things totally different to you. I look at I'm not totally different at all. I'm pointing at things in a wider context. What can I say to you to get you back? There's nothing I can say to you. I, wh- why is it up to me to say to you whether you want to go and watch your football club play? I can't say that. I have to go. It's my job. Uh, can I say to you? I at the moment as, as things stand now, there is nothing because they haven't signed any players. We don't know what the meeting's going to be. We don't know what the new team's going to look like. I, I, what do you want me to say? You, if you don't want to go and watch the team play, that's entirely up to you. That's not my place to, with all due respect, it's not my place to try and convince you to go and watch Newcastle next season. I just say, judge Steve Bruce and what he does next season. If we have this conversation in November, December, and they've had a crap stage for the season, and you say the fans are going to turn, that's an if, buts, and maybe, because there were no fans in the stadium. The fans at the ground had been ambivalent, I think, for Lars Feld. There'd never been any toxicity towards Steve Bruce, as far as I could tell from where I sit in the And the fans should be, the fans should be applauded for that because normally we're branded deluded for doing that. I'm not. I've not criticised them in the slightest. I'm just saying that that match going fans were very respectful and very loyal and very appreciative. I thought of of the team. And I've read a comment, and I will bring this up now. And I know no, none of you have said read this, but Michael Martin did, who I believe you all you all know, um, good friend of, of mine. He wrote a last summing up uh, statement the other year in his piece from yesterday saying that the players do not deserve Newcastle United. Now, OK, I'm a Leighton Orient fan and I've seen some pretty awful teams through the years. Right. And for somebody, whatever you said, I've, I've always been told by Newcastle United fans, all we want is a team that tries, we want players who care about the black and white shirt. Now, whatever you think about this team, whatever you think about Matt Ritchie, Whatever you think about Isaac Hayden, whatever you think about Shelby, Lascelles, all of them, I can name them all. 
you haven't got a single shirker in that squad, I don't believe. I think they deserve credit. They, whatever they lack, they do not lack the desired spirit to wear the black and white stripe. And of all the things I've read this season, to have to dig out the players don't deserve Newcastle United. And all I've been told in the 20 years that I've lived up here is that we just want a team that tries, who cares about the black and white stripes as much as we do. Well, you've got that now. OK, they lack quality. You don't like the manager, that's fine. But to dig out the players, I thought that was out of order. And I said this to Alex last night as well. I thought that was shocking to dig out the don't deserve Newcastle United. These players are a better bunch than I would say for the vast majority of groups that have been together under Mike Ashley. And I can tell you about some awful groups of players who played for that club who really didn't give a shit about the club. They took them down twice. Um, and, you know, whatever you think about them, I just think digging out the players saying they don't deserve Newcastle United. I, I just don't understand that mentality at all. But that, that's, that's Michael's opinion. He's entitled to it. I, I think what I will say to counter-argue that, Luke, is that even Steve Bruce has said during the course of the season, everyone's writing the players off. The, the supporters didn't write the players off. Um, he was the one who kept saying that they were limited. Now, if your own manager said that about your player, yeah, did he did. Not not as bad as Rafa. I'm going to say I'm going to bring up Rafa. Well, you bring, you're that. bringing up Rafa. You're bringing up Rafa. He didn't say Luke, he never said they're limited. He said he said they could play a certain way, and then he changed the formation, and they started playing better. He That's said they were he limited. Said. He never said he's never used the word limited. You might be wrong. You might be able to dig out. Quote, I've never heard Steve Bruce saying this group are limited. He said whatever they may lack. He said exactly what I've just said there. He's never said they're limited. Rafa Benitez repeatedly said they were limited. Repeatedly but, but, said but they weren't we're talk, good enough. Steve Bruce. And said it would be a miracle if he kept them up. Can you imagine being a player and reading that? Look, we're talking about, look, look, we're talking about Steve Bruce, mate. Fine, but he's not said limited. He's never said the word limited. He, he has said, said it. I'll come in there. I think what he actually said was that this is the only way that players know how to yeah, play when we're exactly. stuck in yeah. that five at the back and you know yeah. we, we just couldn't win a game. And then he changed it and we were better. So it didn't... Another example of just the many times he says things that don't make much sense. But uh, Luke, I just want to um, take you back to my question. What evidence, if any, is there that we're not going backwards? Like, uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll put aside the, the who's improved, who hasn't improved in terms of the playing squad. But when uh, the summer signings were underwhelming, Joe Linton's been a dud. That's just classic Newcastle. Um, we've we've plugged plugged some holes with with Maximan. We've had some terrible loan signings in winter again. And your interpretation is that that was Bruce being shrewd. Uh, my interpretation is it's just the same thing happening again. And they've told him, oh, no, no, there'll be money in the summer. When actually he's just being, he's being had by the, the those above him. So what evidence is there at all that we should expect anything other than the same shit again next season? Well, he might have been had, but he'll find that out for himself, won't he? So he, he will find out whether he's been had. He'll find out what sort of backing and whether he can improve the team. As things stand, one day after the football season has finished, and as I've said to you, lockdown football was crap. I didn't read anything into lockdown football. Newcastle are not the same team playing in front of, you know, it was training ground exhibition matches all over the place. So the end of the season for me is utterly irrelevant. What evidence can I give you that things are going to prove? As things stand, without seeing who they're going to sign this summer, I can't answer that question. I honestly can't. I think I think that there is a platform, there is a stable platform now to try and improve that team. But I'd have to see who they sign because if they come back with this squad next season, it will be exactly the same. It will be exactly the same. So, I, okay, if they come back with this team next season, don't bother going. I mean, it will be a chore for me to go. So if that's what you want, I don't you know, if they're answering the question, I don't know. But until I see who they sign, I can't answer that question because I, I don't know what the team's going to be like next season. Hand on, hand on heart, Luke, just a quick one. Mm. Based primarily on the last 20 games and um, the fact that 
you know, the, fa the fan base, let's be honest, a lot of people have, have walked away because of Rafa. A lot of people walked away because Steve Bruce was appointed. And, you know, at the minute, everyone's in limbo regarding season tickets and, and whatnot. People are, you know, going to get refunds. You know, in, hand on heart, as it stands now, would you yeah. say that Newcastle United are one of the favourites to be relegated next season, based today? One of the one of the worst three clubs in the Premier League. No, no. Based based now on no. the, season, the season's finished, would you no. consider us to be relegation candidates next season? No. How? No. How can you say that? Well, you said relegation favourites to initially answer the question. I wouldn't say they were relegation favourites. I think there will be three worst teams in them next season. But do I think there'll be relegation candidates as things stand? It will be exactly the same as it's been for the last three years with that squad. So, yes, there'll be relegation candidates as things stand. If the season ends now and they don't sign anyone, there'll be relegation candidates. Will they be relegation favourites? No. So, so last year, I, I had a dispute with you. you. You said that Newcastle were relegation favourites before Steve Bruce got the job. That's when, what they were made by the bookmakers, I believe, when Paddy Power paid out on well, the, I, um, I, on the, on the, on the, um, they set, they paid out early, didn't they? And said, well, well, I, uh, I, I, looked, I looked it up and, um, there were fifth favourites after Steve Bruce was appointed. So right. to be, to be honest, he's overachieved based on what the bookmakers were thinking. Oh, but, but, but my, is that a, my, is that a compliment? I've I've complimented Steve Bruce to you on numerous occasions, Luke. You just you just tend not to um, debate with me on that sort of stuff. But that's by the by. It's but, better to um, talk to you. That, it's better to talk to you than talk to me via Twitter, where I get idiots contacting me all the time. I'm not saying you're an idiot, by the way, but I do get a lot of a lot of. That, that's fine, Luke. And at the end of the day, end of the day, as, as I say, sitting here today, based on what I've watched this season and based on where we are and how how uh, we've performed, mm -hmm. I genuinely think that we're one of the favourites to go down. And I don't mean a candidate. I would be very, very surprised based okay. on the team, the squad, and the manager if we're not if we're not having this discussion in November, as you as you mentioned, mm. and and we'll be sitting there in the bottom three. That's just I okay. can't I can't see any any signs of improvement, unfortunately. Okay, well that's fine. That's that, I can't tell you what you think. So that's fine. I'd like to talk a little bit about. I mean, we're talking a lot about next season anyway. What what I find fascinating, and again, it's it's very Newcastle United. It's the kind of Luke, you you are you are part of the the relationship between the media and the football club. Um, every year, we always know when Mike Ashley's going to speak to someone. We know in advance. We know where it's going to be. We sometimes know the time. You know what they're going to have for lunch, that kind of thing. Um, because you know Mike Ashley doesn't ever want anyone to know what he's doing. But if he's going to talk to a manager about transfer funds, we know about it. Um, I I I and I agree with Mark. I think that um, you know you look at the end, and, and Steve McLaren was a totally different manager to John Carver and Alan Pardew. But the the malaise from the end of that season in fourteen fifteen, you know, spread into fifteen sixteen, and, and McLaren never got ahead of that. Um, you know, Mark did a podcast a little while ago about the end of the ninety eight ninety nine season when Ruth Huddett won none of his last ten games, and then the next season started badly. I think that. Lockdown football or football, you know, winning games of football matters, confidence matters. And Steve Bruce talked a lot at the start of the season about a lack of confidence before we beat Manchester United. And and he was proved right to an extent because our form kind of between that Man United win and up until the, the bad run in, in January was 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 decent. Um, do, do you not think, Luke, that this is the time that, you know, Steve Bruce, he's, he's been in football a long time. He's been a manager for 20 years plus. Will he ever get a better opportunity to shape his team next season and say to Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley, I need this. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, and if I don't get it, 
I'm prepared to walk away because I think, you know, I'm going back a long way. Alan Pardew wanted a Premier League striker with experience, never got it. Steve McLaren was very vocal about needing a Premier League striker with experience. He never got it. Um, uh, Rafa Benitez did get Rondon eventually, and, and that worked out pretty well, kind of a proof of the argument. And Steve Bruce, looking at the strikers now, I think Joe Linton isn't good enough to play football in the Premier League. Uh, Dwight Gale, you know, m- might be, but will miss a lot of chances and is injury prone. Muto has been written off by by the manager. He, he's, he's not going to play him next season. He hasn't played him this season. And Andy Carroll isn't going to score. Um, baffling to me that he's got a new contract. Is this not Steve Bruce's time to to really set the precedent? Because Newcastle United need need Steve Bruce right now. Like we might touch on the takeover. We've got time, but this is his opportunity to say, "I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be fucked over here, lads. I'm not going to be sat next to the phone waiting waiting for you to get deals done or pissing about with wages or agents' fees. I need these three players in these three positions, and they need to be not some lad from the German league who's 19 or not a prospect. I need proven quality, or we yeah. will struggle next year. Yeah. Yeah. And to to be fair to Steve Bruce, he did it at all. He walked away. Um, Start of the season twenty what twenty seventeen I think yeah when he, um, yeah when they screwed him over yeah yeah he did yeah yeah so so he has form for it and and like so my, my question I suppose Luke is is does he have it in him do you think it will get to that or do you think he'll be the manager regardless of how he's treated in the transfer I, market for I can't speak for him I know I, you know I can't say what his decision will be there and you'd have to expect that I can't do that he knows what he wants to do this summer so I agree with everything you just said there Alex uh, which may surprise people but I did. He has got a chance to make this his team, which is why I talked at the very start of this fan. Let's see what he does this summer. Let's see what the recruitment's like this summer. If he gets fucked over this summer and they spend £30 million to bring in a couple of loan players and, you know, don't bring in another... It's the centre-forward that's the problem, really. The huge, the huge glaring problem for me and probably a box-to-box midfielder. Um, but, yeah, he's, he, he, if, if he's going to get screwed over, if Mike Ash is going to remain as owner, which we still don't know if he is, I, you know, I don't know if you've seen the story that we've done tonight where the, you know, the, the, the Saudi bid is looking less and less likely that it's going to go through. Um, so then that leaves the other people buying them. He's got, he's got to go to that meeting on Wednesday and he's got to try and do what no other manager has been able to do under Mike Ashley, which is get more money out of him, get to the way, raise the wage ceiling because the wage budget in Newcastle is not top 10. Um, it needs to be a top 10 wage budget realistically to get into the top 10. He's got to try and get out of that meeting from Mike Ashley what he wants to do and put his imprint on Newcastle. And then hopefully you guys who have said to me, what, why should we come back next season? Well, maybe at the start of next season, you'll see a new look team playing better football with better players. And you think, OK, I'll have a bit of that. But I can't. I haven't got a crystal ball. I can't tell you whether that's going to happen. If he doesn't get that, I think Steve Bruce would have to ask the question, what is the point? I, I, that's my gut feeling. Why, why, if he gets £30 million to spend, I know that's the budget. I know everything's been cut by COVID. But if other clubs around them, West Ham, Aston Villa, Leeds will have no money when they come up, but that's not buy and buy. You know, all those clubs down at the bottom who, who are around Newcastle's level, Southampton, um, if they start spending more money than Newcastle and he looks at it, does he really want to put himself through another season of it? Would you have more respect for him if he walks out? I, I guess a lot of fans would do, but that's Steve Bruce's decision. But I would certainly be tempted if he just gets screwed over this summer and they're just going to buy for all those sort of, you know, type of players that you just talked about there, 19-year-old prospects from the Bundesliga. Then what is the point? If he's happy with the players they sign, fair enough. But if he's just foist, if he just gets fourth, fifth, sixth choices, then yeah, maybe he should walk away because does he need the aggravation? I wouldn't need the aggravation at his age. 
Um, so, yeah, may, maybe he should walk away if he doesn't get it. I don't know if he's going to do that because we're talking about hypotheticals at the moment in terms of what happens. But history would suggest to us that he will get fucked over. Yeah, it will. And I've got one more question for you, Luke. I don't know if the lads have got anything else, but I've got one more question. And this is this is one from Twitter. Exactly. You don't have to give us to the exact pound, but exactly how much are the Qataris paying you? Yeah, anti takeover. <laughs> well, if I if if they were paying me anything, I wouldn't be living. I'm not going to tell you where I live because I'll probably get some idiot turn up at my door. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't would, would be living in North Tyneside, looking out at some terrace houses behind me uh, with my backyard. Trust me. So um, no, the Qataris aren't paying me anything. Look, I have you know I've always had doubts about every single takeover, which is why this one's quite funny. I think Alex, you will remember every single takeover I've taken the same approach of mine. Every single one, mm-hmm. all of them. Believe it when it happens. Until it happens, it's not happening. Amanda Staveley's takeovers, that both of them have made a hell of a lot of noise. And the irony of that this time is if it had been done quieter and done, you know, the way Man City was, where they basically agreed to take over before it went to the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? Like it was very like, we're going to do this now, just sign it off. There was no warning. Nobody got their ducks in a row. The Qataris didn't, wouldn't have been able to mobilise, wouldn't be able to get their arguments, their legal arguments, not the PR arguments, the legal arguments in a row. You wouldn't have the human rights stuff. It would have just been quiet. There would have been a little brief outcry. The Premier League could have passed it all. But because so much noise was made about it from January onwards, it gave everybody advance warning and the Premier League were braced for it. The, you know, BIN, the Qataris were braced for it. Um, and it's caused them problems now. And it's now stuck in this kind of legal minefield to do with piracy. If it had just been a little bit quieter, um, then it might happen. But look, my attitude to all takers has been exactly the same. I've had no different attitude to this Stavely bid as I've had to every other single bid and Henry Maurice. People keep talking to me saying, oh, you're pushing Henry Maurice. I don't know anything about Henry Maurice. All I'm told is that it's a credible bid and the money's there. I don't know what he's going to do. It's my job to report information that's what i do i've not offered an opinion on henry breeze i've not said he'll be a good owner i've not that, those words have never ever left my mouth or been typed by me i don't know enough about him but i know that it is or i'm told it's a credible bid but every single takeover i've always been negative always 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 because takeovers have been a very much a feature of the mike ashley years failed takeovers going right back until you know putting putting it up for sale when keegan walked out uh, and, you know, there are the same people involved now in this latest takeover who were involved in that takeover. When I wrote on the journal, the worst back page of my entire career, Newcastle United will have new owners by the end of the week. Now, that phrase should resonate with everybody. I think I wrote that back in, God, when was that? 2008 was yeah. it when Keegan walked out. I yeah. wrote that on the journal. Newcastle United will have new owners by the end of the week. Right. So that was written in 2008. We're now in. July 2020 and they still still haven't got new owners and I'm still seeing the same phrases appearing everywhere new owners this new owners that we're going to do just get the deal done and look we need we need we the media you the fans we all need new owners at Newcastle United we all want rid of Mike Ashley but this takeover now you know it's stalled is it going to collapse I don't know it hasn't been rejected by the Premier League yet that's encouraging because they were going to reject it. Obviously, it'll be over. There's obviously a, a win. There's an opportunity maybe to get it through, but it has stalled. It is in trouble. There are problems. And just the irony, as I said at the top of this, if it had just been a little bit quieter, if it hadn't been all about Amanda Stavely brokering the deal and the leaks, they would have probably got this through. And unfortunately, they made too much noise and the opposition was prepared. 
Uh, the, and it's not PR opposition. It is legal opposition. Um, you know, it's it, it's caused them complications. But look, let's hope let's hope when we next talk, because I probably won't do a podcast until the start of next season, let's just hope there are new owners and the club needs new ideas, new hope, new leadership. And whether that includes Steve Bruce, irrelevant. It needs a new owner. It just, that, that's what Newcastle United needs. Well said. Uh, Lance, anything else for Luke before we let him go? Just, Enjoy his Northside evening. Yeah, just a quick one, if you don't mind, Luke. Um, now, I'll be interested to know your take on the likes of, um, you know, the pundits who, obviously, you've got your opinion. You're entitled to it and you've been pretty consistent all season with what you've, what you've said. Um, what, what's your thoughts on the likes of Paul Merson describing the season as phenomenal? Now, is that is that in regards to what his expectations of Steve Bruce were? And so he's saying... Mm. Well, Steve Bruce has been phenomenal because he's done far better than what the majority of people expected. Or do you think that that's <laughs> Paul Merson being quite silly there in, in seeing as phenomenal in contrast to what exactly? I'll just be interested in what your thoughts are because Merson isn't the only one. We've had Steve McManaman the other week against Manchester City. That was actually embarrassing. I tweeted you about that. And I said yeah. I think even I think even you would have been embarrassed because it was just over the top. It was it was it was ridiculous, you know? And mm. You know, there's been there's been loads of quote the woodwork over the last couple of months, and it it just seems to me like Bruce has been put on this pedestal. And yes, as I said at the start start of the program, I've said to you on Twitter, he has done a good job. However, we want we want better. You know, and I'm just wondering what your, your thoughts are on the likes of Merson saying it's been phenomenal. The, okay, well, well, the flippant answer to that is who cares what Paul Merson thinks uh, or said. So. Um, I'm sorry, Paul Mercer's not going to listen to this. I don't know him anyway. <laughs> uh, um, look, national pundits have a they they do a very shorthand job. The first thing to say is, and I'll bring this up because I have brought it up with Alex. It's friends of Steve Bruce stuff that that started. Look, you know, I know that refers to me, and I've made no secret of the fact that I've known Steve Bruce for a long time. But there are plenty of other journalists up here who do as well. Um, some very respected ones. I, the, the thing that annoys me about what I say on Twitter is most people don't even read my match reports because they're behind a paywall. So I've actually gone in on the team pretty hard on several occasions and said that it isn't good enough. But that's a right. That wasn't the question answer. So these national pundits, yeah, it's over the top. It's ridiculous. But they're lazy. They don't do the research. They they looked at Newcastle through a prism of Rafa leaving, that same thing we were talking about earlier about were they one of the favourites to go down. And then looking at it, saying, oh, well, there's not been any relegation trouble all season. I've not really seen them play, but I saw them beat Chelsea. I saw they beat Tottenham. I saw they beat Man U. And that's where this kind of lazy, it's not just pundits, it's just a lazy, that's what probably most fans around the country think of Newcastle season. Because they just see, you know, they just see the results columns. You know what I mean? They just, they just see, them, oh, God, they beat Man U or they beat Tottenham, they beat Chelsea. They drew with Man City. So that... I don't really necessarily blame him for it. Did I agree with it? No. On no measurement has this been a phenomenal or a fantastic season. Words that I have never used um, and Steve Bruce has never used. So I don't care what Paul Merson thinks. Steve McManaman made a huge mistake. He hadn't done his research. But, you know, Steve Bruce is popular within football. So I suppose when you talk about the friends of Steve Bruce, he is a very, very popular man within football. So maybe he gets a little bit of that comes in either consciously or subconsciously. But it hasn't been a fantastic season. We all know it's not been a fantastic season. Nobody thinks it's been a fantastic season, other than the occasional pundit nationally who says something sort of, I don't know, hyperbole or just, you know, lazy kind of expression and can't hasn't got the um the adjectives to or the superlatives to describe, you know, what's actually happened. So I wouldn't read too much in it. I know it winds fans up. 
but it's that side of journalism that actually really fucking irritates me is that <laughs> Paul Merson said, Steve McManaman said, no, who cares? Like they're not watching the team. They're just they're just voices. So you know, I try not to let it wind you up so much. That would be my advice. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like every time we lose a game, they mysteriously weren't watching. It's it's, it's funny that, isn't it, Luke? <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch away games with I I don't have just watch Newcastle, and I don't like <laughs> I didn't like football behind closed doors. I was in Audi, right? This is the real me. This isn't the Qataris, right? I got a text message with the team sheet for the league game against Man City, right? And I just thought, fuck that. I'm not watching that. <laughs> that's, that's the only get. I can't, what was the other one I missed? Jack Charlton had died the game at Watford. I was writing a 1,000 word on deadline colour piece about Jack Charlton and what a great man he was. It took a lot of research. I was locked in my office upstairs. I loosely followed the game on Twitter, but I didn't watch it. And then now, apparently, I never watch Newcastle play. So that's the new, that's the new shorthand. I never really watched them play away from home anyway because I'd be doing a I'd be doing another game. But yeah, so sorry, sorry, I missed two games under lockdown. I'd shoot me. I mean, you, you can get Sky Plus in uh, in North Tyneside, Luke. It's still a possibility to to record the game and watch it why later if, you, would, if you're busy. Why would I? Seriously, <laughs> why would I so, do that? So that why you can I... comment having seen the game. I knew. Well, I knew they'll get spanked by Man City as soon as I saw that team sheet. So I didn't need to watch that one. Maybe I should have watched Watford. But believe it or not, I have a wife. I have children. I have certain things to do that aren't watching football. And so maybe that makes me a bad journalist. I chose not to watch two games under lockdown. And I put, I didn't see it. And then suddenly it's like, oh, that's clever of you, Luke. You're actually watching the games. I don't watch away games. I never have watched away games, even when football's, well, I do if it's on telly. But most away games I don't see at all. And um, so, yeah, sorry. Shoot me. Go on. You are <laughs> You're a lucky man, Luke, uh, because Newcastle United away from home in the Premier League is not a pretty picture <laughs> uh, for many years. We're going to finish off there. Thanks so much, Luke, for coming on, giving us your evening chat. No, I really enjoyed us. it. No, it's good to actually talk to people because I think sometimes, we, you, know, you know, I'm sorry if I'm rude to people on Twitter. I'm not really at all sorry, but I'm sorry if people who are actually decent <laughs> people um, are, you know, and I am a bit flippant with you. I, I don't mean to be, but, it, you know, I sometimes I've had a drink or sometimes I'm just tired of. <laughs> inbox, inbox my my mentions lighting up after every Newcastle defeat to tell me what the C-U-N-T I am or how useless C Bruce is. So, no, it's been nice to talk to you and have a proper sensible conversation. Likewise, Luke. Likewise. Yeah. All right, all the best. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.